is this going to sound strange? The only creative thing I did other than martial arts was painting. And now as an adult, I pretty much write books. While I was doing jiu-jitsu actively, I also self-taught myself guitar. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. He has written fiction novels. He's about to release, or if he probably has and he already has, released another novel. And he has an MMA love. Ladies and gentlemen, the author of The Cabal and an MMA specialist, a podcaster to boot, Mark J. Retorto. Mark is his name, and this is his revelation. Hi, everyone. Mark, welcome, man. (laughs) Doing good, man. Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on the show here. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for taking the invite. I, I really am going to enjoy this because uh, when I when I looked at what I was seeing with you, I was like, man, he's going to be unique, and I always love unique unique guests. So, what I like to do with first time guests is I like to always open the way. I'm going to open the way here is you being the novelist and also having an MMA background. I, I want to know how those two loves were, were shaped and formed. And normally that happens in childhood and adolescence and in college years. So uh, how was Mark in the, I guess, mm, formative years? Okay, well, to give everybody out there a little bit of a background, um, I've always been uh, infatuated with the martial arts uh, since the age of seven. Um, it grew; it stemmed from my father being a black belt in karate. Most people, I mean, I was a Bruce Lee fanatic, but he wasn't my first influence. Uh, my father took me to a martial arts demonstration um, when I was seven. And I fell in love with it ever since then. And then a few years later, um, so my parents were very overprotective. They were like, oh, we don't want you to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, but eventually they saw a need for me to actually learn martial arts because I was bullied a lot when I was a kid. So I started um, formal martial arts training at the age of 14, um, very long time ago. <laughs> and then as the years went on, you know, I started out with traditional martial arts and then I got involved with a uh, martial art called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which didn't become popular till about, I think it was 1993 when UFC 1 came out. So I actually got into it probably a few months before 
because uh, my karate instructor at the time was was pretty much always well ahead of his time. He uh, incorporated a lot of different martial arts. He was a kickboxer himself. He fought in the professional kickboxing association. His uh, name was Ray Martin. He had a fifth degree in Taekwondo, and he was a second degree in Ishiru, and he was a brown belt in Judo. And at the time, he was also a uh, blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, then as years went on, I got married. I still had a love and passion for the martial arts. I actually competed, um, in a lot of, um, jiu-jitsu competitions. Um, then I got hurt, um, around the time I had my first child. Um, I was probably like 30, 32. So then I had to take like a six year layoff and I didn't get back into it till I was 41. About 10, 40 or 41. So it was about like a good six year break, six, eight year break. And then I started competing again and I actually started doing pretty, actually a lot better as I got older than when I was younger. I'm a two time, uh, silver medalist at the Niagara Worlds, North American Grapple Associations, a uh, world championships. Um, I've also gotten a silver medal in the Abu Dhabi, um, pro jiu jitsu tournament as a blue belt. Um, I've placed a few times in purple belt. Um, and then I recently got injured really bad last October. I had my thumb smashed backwards and I also have, um, chronic arthritis in my left foot and very bad tendonitis in my legs. So I figured, all right, let me take a rest because of my hand. Like, if it was just a hand, I would have kept going, you know, just waited eight weeks and kept going, but my legs were really bad. So at the time, around that time, my daughter, uh, Christina Ritorto, um, was very heavily into writing. And at the time, she was like, you know, I'm seeing her writing a book. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm writing a book. I'm like, huh, how would you like to publish the book? She's like, I can do that? And I'm like, yeah, I'll help you publish the book. So she published her book, her first book called I Am a Survivor last year. And after I helped her publish her book, I went through that process. I'm like, you know what? Um, I went through my laptop um, and I remembered because I remembered I had a uh, manuscript that I started before my first kid was even born. So I'm like, you know what? Let me um, finish the story. And it, it was eventually became the Cabal Saga Begins. And originally it started out as a, uh, I wanted it to be a uh, martial arts themed book, primarily focused. Because that, you know, also, you know, my love for the martial arts. But at that time, between when I started writing that book, a friend of mine was, is, uh, was sick. He's still sick. He's suffering from cancer. And I'm like, you know what? Let me still keep the martial arts character, but I want the book to be more about, in the, in the book, the character's trying to solve a crime. But for me, it was more like, you know, trying to understand what my friend was going through. Um, and it's, you know, it's an action-based thriller suspense novel. So there's a lot of different characters in it. But um, one of the main characters, John Esposito, he's the one where, He's trying, he's, he's on like the suffering because his best friend died. So, um, I kind of related to that story. And then the other characters were different spinoffs off my personality. Um, there's a Japanese character called Ru Tanaka. He's a, uh, a ninja master. 
Then there's also uh, Mark Dufino, who's an FBI agent. And there's also two women involved. One is the, uh, the daughter, I mean, not the daughter, the sister of the, the murder victim, who just happened to be a, a senator. Um, and then there's another character, well, her name is Rachel, and then there's another character called Laura. And then obviously, these two gentlemen, they, you know, they work together and try to solve the case, along with these women. Um, and during the case of their investigation, they discover that the senator's death was contributed to the secret uh, society, which they soon discover um, being called the Cabal. And in addition to that, the Cabal is uh, trying to um, execute a plan for an international terrorist attack. And John and Mark Dufino and Laura and Rachel they, and Rue, they work together to stop them. So, in essence, John is part of me understanding the death of, like, the suffering of my friend. Rutanaka is me being a martial arts fanatic, but in the, in the book, he's, a, he's, a, he's an ex-assassin trying to do good. Then you have Mark Dofino, who's the FBI agent, who is kind of the newer version of me, where Rutanak is more traditional martial artist. Delfino is more like a modern-day martial artist. He's an MMA. He's a, he, did, you know, he was in the military. He did a little MMA. Um, even John, he's an amateur. But he was he had amateur boxing experience. So all the men in the story have some type of a martial arts background. So while I'm writing this book, it was also during a time where I had to take a layoff because of my injuries. So I'm like, all right, I'm writing this book. I finished, I published it. What else can I do to occupy my time during my layoff from doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Um, for anybody listening out there, people who do particularly Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they're really obsessed with it. It's not like any other martial artist. Like, I've done Taekwondo, I've done boxing, I've done Thai boxing. I've done pretty much almost every single martial art you can think of um, for some extended period of time. And what I find is that people who do jiu-jitsu, they're obsessed with it. Um, I guess it's because of the challenges that it brings. Um, to a certain extent, you're not getting, you know, you're not risking getting your jaw broken like you would with boxing or anything like that. So... It's a, it's a sport that pretty much anybody can do. It is a tough sport. Um, so at this time, I'm like, what am I going to do to take my mind off jiu-jitsu? I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to keep writing books. I'm going to help my, promote my daughter's books. Who's, uh, by the way, she's 11 years old, and she's got three published books out there. I Am Survivor, Invisible Girl, and her new book, which is called A Little Bit Louder, which is the uh, second book in the series of Invisible Girl. I'm like, you know what? I've, I've had somewhat of an interest in podcast, podcasting um, a few years prior. I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, I, don't, I don't consider myself, you know, like a funny guy. I'm not a comedian guy. I'm not like Joe Rogan, where I can't, um, I don't think I can captivate an audience attention that well, like he can. Um, I'm not famous, but what, what could I do? And I'm like, you know what? Let me let me try an MMA podcast. 
because uh, it's always it's it's new and exciting sport. It's growing. It's fast, and I like it. Um, in fact, it's one of the ways I keep in touch with a lot of my high school friends because we live like you know an hour away from each other is um, by watching MMA fights and particularly UFC fights. We use that as an excuse to hang out with each other because you know we're busy, we're married, we work full time, we got kids. So that's when I started my own podcast called um, Mark the Shark MMA Show. And, um, you know, I interview a lot of um, MMA fighters, both uh, amateur and professional, as well as um, health specialists. Some of them are, you know, dietitians, nutritionists, personal trainers. I even interviewed um, a sports psychologist. And, um, you know, I love it. And it gives me an avenue to also. Uh, promote myself as a brand for my book. Um, so that's what I've been doing. So, you know, I, I do it. I put out um, episodes weekly, usually either on a Friday or a, or a Sunday, depending on what's going on in the MMA world. And um, I just recently finished my second book called uh, Marcus Vampire which is obviously a um, totally different genre. The first book was more of like a men's action thriller. This one's more of vampire fantasy. They also uh, uh, have a thing where I like watching vampire movies and vampire television shows. I, I kind of find that interesting. And in um, this book, I took a unique perspective. Um, again, um, this was... Even though the storyline is what it is, the underlying process is what I was going to at the time. Um, because I, during this time, I undergone my um, stem cell therapy for my foot. And in the character in the book, he's going through some um, some hard times, and which I'll get to in a second. So basically what I like to do is when I write a book, I try to relate it to what's going on in my event, in my life, but I fictionalize it. So in this particular case, I was um, undergoing um, foot therapy and stem cell therapy and um, still wondering whether I'll ever be able to um, go back into jiu-jitsu ever again. Um, this character in this book is very unique because there's also some historical um, facts that I also want to portray. So. For me, the changes was me losing my jiu-jitsu. In this case, this gentleman's change was um, dealing with the loss of his wife and becoming a vampire and protecting his child. But the uh, premise of the story is that the character takes place during uh, World War II. And um, like I said, there's a lot of historical uh, characteristics to it. During that time, as everyone well knows, if they know their history, um, during World War II, um, Hitler was trying to uh, take over the world, and he um, imprisoned a lot of people, particularly of uh, Jewish descent. But what very few people know is that he also imprisoned gypsies. So I kind of knew that from my, um, from my research. And I'm like, hmm, gypsies. I kind of thought it was kind of ironic because... Gypsies are also 
featured in all like occult films and you know monster films what are escalated vampires and werewolves and i'm like you know this ties in good so i can raise people's awareness to what was going on during world war ii and these concentration camps with these um group of people we know them as gypsies but they call themselves romanis so i'm like hmm this is great i get to teach a little give a little history lesson while at the same time um fulfill one of my book ideas which was writing about a vampire and it meshes well because gypsies are always featured in those type in that type of genre so during the, the character's life um he gets captured um he sees his i don't want to go into too many details he, he, he sees something he loses his wife um because of the concentration camp um but due to um magic and some science but mostly the magic from his grandmother who just happens to be a witch um he's saved and as a consequence of like when he actually does get uh killed he gets turned into a vampire but now he's faced with the consequence of protecting his daughter who other than him is the lone survivor from his family and he just no longer just has to deal with nazis he's also got to deal with the characters of what I called the dark world. Um, in fact, the name of the book is called Marcus the Vampire, and it's part of the Dark World series. Um, so, he not only does he have to worry about protecting his daughter from Nazis now that are hunting him down, but he's also got to deal with different elements of the dark world, meaning other vampires, other werewolves, um, and so forth, and other witches. So, you know, he's got a lot to deal with, and that's pretty much the premise of the story. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. You know? Author of the Cabal, Mark Retorto, is joining me on Revelations, and he definitely opened a way, no question about that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to segue into the next segment that I call Bridge to Prosperity. Okay. question is what I have for you now you mentioned that you have a love of MMA and that has been the case for you almost all of your life you uh, took up writing basically so- sounds like to me because well you had to fill time uh, and I could totally understand that uh, but my question to you is uh, did you actually write any anything other than papers at school <laughs> before you were an adult um Believe it or not, no. Um, this is going to sound strange. The only creative thing I did other than um, martial arts was painting. And now as an adult, um, I pretty much write books. Um, 
while I was doing jujitsu actively, I also self-taught myself guitar. Um, and then another thing I picked up while I was injured, other to occupy my time with the uh, podcast and writing novels and helping my daughter promote her book was um, I learned piano. But that one I actually had to take lessons for because it's a little bit more complicated than guitar. I'm trying to teach, you know, because you got to learn to actually read the music, whereas guitar you can use tablature. So to answer your question, as a child, um, I, I only wrote one other story that I can recall. Um, but obviously, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. So the thought of actually uh, publishing a book at the time never crossed my mind. And it was a uh, martial arts story. Um, I actually still recall, uh, remember the plot. And it, it's the typical uh, basis of most uh, martial art movies that took place in the 80s. Um, it, was, it was about the uh, ninja. and He was the, the last one. Um, the last one. And uh, someone kills his master and he seeks revenge on him. It was a very short story that I wrote for school. Um, and actually, I don't know where the book is now. I actually like, turned it into like a little book. I made a book cover and everything for it. Um, obviously, out of construction paper. But no, my, I would say, honestly, my creative process didn't come in until I was in, more in my 40s where I got involved with uh, music and writing. Um, and, and now, as I writing these books, I have all these uh, other ideas, like, for instance, with the Cabal, um, I'm actually going to start writing a sequel to that one, because I wrote that one with the intention of each character um, being able to survive on its own, meaning that, yes, I can bring back the whole team where they fight the Cabal again, or I can go another way and write a, character, a book based on each character. I mean, I could write one on the FBI agent, um, one on, 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 on Ru Tanaka, the ninja guy, and, and, more, and then John Esposito, the detective. Because um, I wanted it, I wrote it with the intention of being a series. Um, kind of like, I don't want to sound corny, kind of like what Stan Lee does, um, if you follow comics at all, like what he does with the, uh, which, in my opinion, I think he's the best storyteller. If you watch all the, the, the movies that came in fruition recently with the Avengers or Captain America, he always ties one piece um, to another series. Like whether it's the Avengers series, he ties it to something that happened in Captain America or something that happened in Dark, with Doctor Strange. There's always some correlation between the characters. And I don't know if too many people know, those movies... They're modern, yes, but they were actually based on comic books that were written like years ago. <laughs> so I actually find that fascinating. But so that's what I'm trying to do with my my book, The Ball, where um, each one can be spin off into their own series and have their own adventures, and their own stories to tell. And obviously, the stories that get told would be, you know, partially based on me, just like uh, like I'm doing now with. Yeah, um, with my um, vampire book as well. Um, that's gonna. I'm planning that to be a trilogy, um, and then each 
book and a series is going to correlate based on what's going on with the main character and his friend and his daughter um, throughout their journey. And um, just to give everybody a heads up, the characters in the book, <clears throat> primarily the names of the characters in the book, they're all real. You may not know who they are in my life, but they are real. So my interactions with them I've had in my book at one point or a time. So <laughs> I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. Wow. Yeah, because <laughs> you're, you're talking like a, a writer, but it, it's interesting that this is now a new art form for you. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I get, and, and I also get how, how MMA can be an art form in itself. I could totally get that too. Mm-hmm. And it could be creative. I mean, any, any sporting, if any sporting endeavor can be creative. So I, I get how that can be channeled. And of course, you naturally channeled your love of MMA with writing. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Totally see that. Totally do see that. Uh, you mentioned, Musician and I'm a music enthusiast. So, you play any instruments or do you sing? I primarily I play guitar and piano. Um, I'm okay. still not that great with piano. I'm better with uh, guitar. Um, mm-hmm. I love '80s music. I actually like all music. Um, okay, but my I would say most of the music I love. I grew up listening to uh, Motown. I love Michael Jackson. <laughs> I was a big Michael Jackson fan growing up. And I love what they call uh, 80s hair metal. And um, I actually got more into that more, I guess, because they, there's more guitar in it. And I love um, classic hard rock, like Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones. Um, but I do love the 80s hair metal music, like uh, Rat, Dokken, and all that. But what I also liked about the pianos, because not every type of music sounds good on guitar with the piano you can play um, more pop tunes you can play Beatles music you can play Motown music um, but I would say my primary instrument right now is uh, that I'm really good at is guitar I'm actually uh, jamming with a friend this afternoon um, he plays bass I play guitar um, I don't sing my voice is horrible <laughs> But I, I do, I do like to play. Um, I'm sitting in a room now uh, with one, two, three, four, four, five electric guitars and then one acoustic. <laughs> and then I got my keyboard in the other room. Uh, so yeah. But like I said, it, it's just weird. You would think um, most people that would have been like I did play guitar when I, a little bit when I was a kid, but. Um, I just found it frustrating, but when I picked it up as an adult, I guess it's because you're more mature, you can teach yourself things, and you appreciate things more. I actually wish now that I actually stuck with it, because it would be a lot better than it was now. Um, So anybody who's out there who has kids, and and your kid's thinking of quitting the music instrument, tell them no, because they're going to regret it later. Because later in life, you're busy with work, family, and you can't dedicate that much time to it. Like, for me, I only carve out, like, I do, like, 30 minutes of guitar and 30 minutes of keyboard every day. And that's, like, the most I could do, which limits my growth um, as a musician. There's only so... Yes, it, 
it's better than nothing, but it'd be really good like anything else, whether it's sports or artwork or whatever. You got to put more, like, you know, a few hours in a day, but there's only so many hours I can do. I work full time. I got four kids and, you know, busy with the podcast and so forth. So my, my time is limited. But yeah, like what type of music are you into? Well, I'm I'm broad myself. I mean, I, I can I can listen to anything from classical to R and B to gospel to jazz and, to and and yeah, and I have a heavy metal love too. So I mean, I mean anything anything from uh, Metallica to Guns N' Roses to and you mentioned rap. Yeah. Uh, listen to them too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I mean. Uh, even some, you know, even some Iron Maiden, even some Anthrax. I mean, I, I my, my, my taste is broad mm-hmm. when it comes to music, and my wife gets on me for that. But yeah, a lot but of yeah, people do, I, right? Because I remember when I was a kid, I would, I don't know if you did this when you were like back in the day, when the kids of this generation don't even know what a cassette is. I used to make mixtapes. Uh, so I would put oh, yeah. all these, all these different songs. I would tape them off the radio. Um, you still listen to like the top 40 countdown from WPLOJ or a top 30 countdown from Z100, which is local radio stations. So I would record them and I would mix it up. And my friend's like, how do you, you know, you got like Michael Jackson on one side, you got metal on the other, then you got, you know, whatever on the other. It, it didn't mix. It wasn't like, you know, where most people when they do a, may do a mix, it probably all of the same type of music. Mine was like all over the you know, yeah. so, but yeah. I mean, you got, you got to do it, yeah. you know, do what you like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm also a big hip hop fan too. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Music for me. Yeah. I, I have very little limitations. I even, even if I can find a time, I even listen to country. If it's, you know, if it's good, I, if any type of music is good, I don't mind listening yeah. to it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 And when, you know, it's interesting about music just and I find I feel the same way with uh, martial arts. Is it brings people together, you know? No matter what their um, ethnic backgrounds or social standings are, um, everybody likes it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like a universal language. So that's that's what you know. That's what's great about it. Now, I actually just went to a concert uh, Friday. I saw uh, Hart and Joan Jett with my wife at the uh, Prudential Center in New York. Yeah. And then I, uh, a few weeks before that, I took, I'm out of, I only like one or two of her songs, but my, uh, I took my daughters to see the Jonas Brothers. They like that. And then in November, we're going to see Ariana, Ariana Grande. My daughter, uh, my second oldest, is a big Ariana Grande fan. She's like so excited. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I try to um, teach my kids to uh, love music. Unfortunately, most of them gave up their instruments as much as I try to uh, push them. Uh, I am still pushing my one of them with guitar lessons like they once or twice a week to practice. Uh, the one, Christina, who's also the, uh, the author. And, um, my second oldest, Julia, is still working on her book. 
and my youngest nine is working on a book. So you know, I think it's kind of good, and it's kind it's it's funny. It's not like I did something to inspire all this. It's actually my daughter Christina. <laughs> she she uh, lit the spark, I guess, in the whole family to start writing books. They all love to read, which is you know I read a little bit too, but not as much as them. I mean, they tear through books. Um, I guess that's again, you know, attributed to the time they got more fun. The host of Mark the Shark MMA show, Mark Retorto, is joining me on Revelations, and uh, he has uh, walked across that bridge. And now we're going to get more into what's behind the purpose of what he does and who he is. And what surprised me in in this interview thus far is... You have this, you know, you're this, this, this guy who participates in, quite frankly, a rough discipline. And you now write. And one of the things that, that captures your fancy is vampire fantasy. So why do they interest you so much? Um, this is gonna, you know what it is? What, the way they constructed, <clears throat> they revamped, <laughs> pardon the pun, how vampire characters are portrayed in, a, in, in the last like 10, 10 years or somewhat years is a lot different um, than they did when I was a kid. Uh, in fact, I used to be scared of any type of vampire movies when I, when I was a kid. My father used to scare the shit out of me. He used to watch all these monster movies back in the day with uh, Christopher Lee and Bell Loga. I forget the guy's name. The old ones, the ones that were like in black and white in the sixties. Those, those were like scarier than than the ones they do now because they had the element of surprise, like if someone jumped at you from behind. But now <clears throat> it's changed. They um, <clears throat> they've given the characters um, more depth. Um, and in some cases, they've given him more of like a superhero role. Uh, for instance, like, uh, again, attributing to uh, Marvel Comics, I don't know if Stanley created it, but Blade, uh, I don't know if you recall the movie with Wesley Snipes, but he's a uh, half-breed vampire who also happens to be a martial artist, both in real life and in the movie. And he, he fights um, the vampires in general because how they feed on humans. And then you also have um, The Underworld, which is another series of movies where they deal with um, vampires and their, their lifelong battle with werewolves. Um, so that's, they kind of gave them, I, I would say there's a heroine in that role, in that movie role, but there's also bad vampires and there's just like, there's good werewolves and werewolves. They've given the characters more depth. Um, 
And then in a mod, and then they also try to humanize them more where they even like with Vampire Diaries and Twilight, though I'm not really a big fan of the Twilight, more Vampire Diaries. Although I love Vampire Diaries, by the way. Um, where they, you know, even have relationships with humans. Why? I don't know. They, they do that, but I guess it sells. Um, so I don't know. I guess it's the mysteriousness of the vampire, um, characteristics. Um, age, right? They got uh, super speed and powers, um, depending on which follow, you know, characters you follow in the vampire genre, whether it's Anne Rice, where the characters can burst people into flames, or, uh, you know, or like in Vampire Diaries, where it just can wipe me meet people's, white people's memories and so forth, you know, and you go to the Underworld series where the, the more ancient ones are more powerful than modern ones. And I guess it's, I think why people, like me and other people like that genre is because of the, uh, the aspiration of never being able to get old and always staying young and looking great. Um, but I think the, the, the people who write the stories, they actually do a better job as well as the, uh, the film production crew and screenwriters. I think they actually do a better job of what they did with the characters back then. Um, cause back then it was just like this being, this to scare people. And, um, nowadays I think they're trying to, what they think what they do with a lot of other genres now is they try to humanize the characters. Um, make them more likable, and it's just always that you know, like fantasy that you can live forever, never die, never get old, never get sick. Um, obviously, my character, um, in my book, Marcus, he is always going to have those characters, but. Unlike the uh, characters of like uh, Vampire Diaries of Twilight, it's, it's a little bit more of the uh, Anorites characters where the vampires also have um, other powers. Um, the more powerful, they can turn people, burn people with just their minds. They got telekinesis. They got the gift of flight, um, mind control, even shifting, which was. Um, the character of like the older vampires of uh, Dracula and so forth. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. I, I think I just like the way that they, they redid the character of that particular genre. It's more mysterious. It's cool. It's suave. Um, and in some cases, they turn them into heroes. Um, like, you know, like with Wesley Snipe. Um, even in some cases, the, um, the characters of Vampire Diaries, um, the two the two brothers are always protecting um, the main character Lena on a show from other um, members of the Vampire Society or even the Werewolf or the Witch Society. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's probably why I like it. I just like the mysteriousness of it, you know. Um, and when you think about it now, 
right? That whole horror genre is pretty much goth. I don't, you know, they, except for slasher films. They don't really, you know, was it Friday the 13th <laughs> or Jason? Seems like that whole genre is gone. Um, so they had to, they had to change something. And, um, you know, the people from Hollywood, and I, I think they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I do like that aspect of being like the, uh, I don't know why I have the Rod Stewart song, Forever Young, playing in my head. But yeah, yeah it's sort of the feel that I, that I get when I see uh, vampires. Uh, I guess it does touch it to the, the, the side of all of us to remain youthful and and the, the optimism that we all have, I think, and we all think when it comes to our youth that, you know, there's definitely no physical limitations supposedly that we have when we're young and we seem to, you know, not suffer from the heartbreak that we normally suffer from when we become adults. And, you know, we, we're, we're not as uh, skeptical or, or cynical of the world when we're younger. So I think there's a lot of those elements that play into vampires. And I never thought of it until you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, like I don't know if you ever have you ever watched like in you know like Vampire Diaries and On the World or Interview with a Vampire or uh, Dracula Story Untold, which is the like last one that you put out, like yeah, or Blade. Yeah, I mean they they changed it up so much uh, compared to what they they used to do with horror movies. But what I find is um, they were even they're trying. I forget the. I think um, what's the name of that movie? I don't know if it's Warner Pictures. Uh, they were actually trying to bring back that whole. I forget they call it that whole series. Um, did you see Tom Cruise's movie, The Mummy? Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know if too many people know The Mummy was actually written by Anne Rice, <laughs> who wrote Interview with a Vampire. Um, so they were, if you watch that movie, like there's a scene in there where they they hit they hit that different characters, like the vampire teeth who were in the jar. Um, the the guy in there was Heckle Hyde, Heckle Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Um, I don't. Because I remember reading about um, that movie on Wikipedia, and I forget what they call it, but the movie studio was trying to bring back that whole series of all those type of horror movies. They just haven't done yet. I don't even know if they are. They were going to bring back the uh, man from the Blue Lagoon or whatever it was called, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, the werewolf, um, wolf, you know what I mean, and, and probably even another Dracula movie. Um, it's just so different. Um, back in the old, like when I was a kid, you just had like straight up horror movies. You had like vampire movies, you had the werewolves, you even had like Godzilla, King Kong. They used to have like, uh, I think it was like 4.30. I don't, I don't know if it was daily or whatever. They used to have like a monster hour on Channel 9 in my town. Um, those, um, that whole genre. But yeah, they just, they just totally changed it up. You know? 
And I think they were smart to uh, capitalize on the fact that people kind of like the idea of never getting older. But when you watch these movies, they say there's always a consequence, right? So the consequence is that, uh, you know, they got to kill someone, you know, some of the characters feel guilty about it. And then they always got to see their loved ones die while they're still young. You know. But I guess that teaches you whatever, you know, what life teaches you, right? Whatever course of action you have, there's always something. You can't have everything. You know, you know like if you're very successful in your job and you make, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, chances are you're in a job where you're not um, having quality family time with your kids. So you're missing out on a childhood, you know? Whereas if you're, you know, making a decent living, let's say as a school teacher, you get to spend more time with your kids, but you're not making millions, you're not driving around for So, you know, like everything else in life, there's consequences on which road and avenue you choose and what path you take. Um, and you can never get what you want, but you got to make uh, do with what comes your way, you know. And, uh, you know, I think that's, I kind of learned that from, from jiu-jitsu, you know. Because um, when you're in the match, you're always struggling. And <clears throat> that's what they always say. Jiu-jitsu is teaching you to be comfortable while you're uncomfortable. It sounds a little strange, but the philosophy is true. So if you can deal with being uncomfortable, if you can be comfortable while you're uncomfortable, then you can deal with life. Podcaster, MMA fighter, and author Mark Retorto is this week's guest on Revelations. And man, uh, <laughs> you you dropping some nuggets here. I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna segue into the next segment. It's called Bring to Light. experiences that you've had being involved in MMA uh, being a writer of now more than one genre all of this seems to have um, been sparked a lot at least as to how we have come to know you through this wonderful linchpin of one of your daughters so <laughs> yeah, uh, how important is the I guess you could say the the um, influence of your daughter Christina in terms of her writing interest on all of your family. Well, I I don't think if she if she never published a, her first book, um, I don't think any of us would. Because like I said, I, uh, like I did too. Uh, my second oldest. This, and keep in mind, she's she just turned eleven not too long ago. She published two books by the time of ten. Um, which are also an audio book on that, and she just published her third one. Um, my oldest, second oldest, probably would have never thought of it. Um, 
my youngest nine-year-old probably would have never thought. I definitely would have probably never thought of it. Um, I just think at the time when I just saw her uh, interest in writing, because like my oldest even writes too, but she doesn't like to publish it. Like she, I forget the name of the site. She puts it on this website, and I can't think of the name of it. It's like Facebook, but for writers. And I'm like, you don't show me your writings, but you're willing to post it on this website. I forget the name of it. I think it's what? Wattpad? I don't know. It starts with a W. I can't think of it. Whatever. Um, I think when I just saw her interest in writing, I tr I wanted to um, encourage her art form, but at the same time bond with her. Um, because what I usually try to do, because you, um, you know, I got four kids and they're all, we're all busy, but I try to bond with them in different ways, you know, um, and, and I think in this case it worked out because now everybody is looking to join the, uh, Retorto Family Books. <laughs> organization that I guess we uh, so-called claim it to be. Um, yeah, it's, I just used it. I mean, I think, I think it was, it was good for me too, because um, whatever emotions I had and frustrations, I could just put it down on paper and I kind of like it. Um, I mean, it is frustrating, you know, trying to promote it all the time, but that's the part she doesn't like. She doesn't like promoting it. I ain't kind of pushing her in that. <laughs> in fact, we're doing a book signing this Tuesday at a library in New Jersey, uh, Washington Township Library at 144 uh, Woodfield Road, in Washington, New Jersey at uh, Zips 07676. We'll be there from uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. tomorrow signing books, and we'll also be... Uh, Selling the paperback versions of our to our lat our newest book and the one before. So for me to be both my books, the Cabal and Marcus Vampire, so those will be visible girl and a little bit louder. But getting back to your point, yes, yeah, she she was the uh, the greatest influence, I guess. She influenced. I, I don't know if she's aware of it, but she does. Um, but each each one of my kids, you know, they all. Are creative in their own way. Um, my oldest two love to they write like you know, but they also like to draw. They're better than me. I'll tell you that. I mean, I, I painted when I was younger, but I can't. They draw people. I can't draw people for anything. Um, and the same thing with the younger one. You know, she likes to write, and I think I like to use it as a bonding experience. So, you know, when they get older, they can say, hey, you know, what did you do with your dad? You know, most kids just, you know, they go to a football game with their dad or whatever. I think this brings everybody a little bit closer because they're learning how to express themselves and work their mind and tell stories. And then they're also learning the business aspect of it, right? And if you, I mean, you've, you know, you got to sell the books. So it teaches them a little bit of responsibility, like how to market yourself, how to, uh, like, you know, we do the pod, we do podcast interviews every so often, um, blogging, 
Um, sometimes we do, you know, like YouTube videos. Um, so they're learning that aspect as well. And I think it's fortunate because they can use those skills if they choose to go out on their own as they can turn into adults and in whatever business venture they go to, you know, like, um, the main three of my daughters are looking to get into the health field. Um, right now they're thinking psychology. So I think that's good. You know, especially if they can work for themselves. Um, but yeah. And, it's all, it's all because of that. If she didn't, if I didn't see her writing on that computer that one day, I don't think I've ever written, well, she said finished writing my first book. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I can totally, totally understand how uh, that would be one of those hallmark moments for you. It's like, wow. Here, here, you know, here is something that it's so good at sparking me to do something my own self. And that, that speaks yep. volumes. That really does speak volumes. Yep. Yeah. What's the saying go? Um, student becomes the master. <laughs> In this case, yes. the, uh, mm-hmm. the child would become the parent, I guess. It, it, it could have, you could have taken it as, well, this is my thing and this is my avenue. You know, you're young. You don't know what you're doing. Forget that. Forget you. No. I love the fact that not only are you encouraging her to create, but you're actually saying you, encu- you're so good. You encourage me to create something in your lane. And that, wow, that is really yeah. powerful. That's a powerful statement. Yeah. really all the time i have and i really enjoyed this but before we do let you go sir i have to have my last segment which is plug tuning and in uh lou and in honor of de la soul this is where you get a chance to uh tell the good people where they can find you so mark how can the good people okay for those who are interested in um purchasing my books or my daughter's books, even though they're on sale on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, the easiest way, because the links are right off our website, is go to www.retoriofamilybooks.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-O familybooks.com. And right from there, you can, you'll see links to our Facebook page, which is at retortofamilybooks.com. My Instagram is Mark underscore Retorto, and it's Mark with a C, not a K. Last name is R-I-T-O-R-T-O. And then my Twitter handle is MarkBJJFighter.com. And my Facebook page for my podcast, Mark the Shark MMA Show, is just called Mark the Shark MMA Show with a C. The Instagram and the... uh, Twitter accounts the same. I also have a YouTube channel for my podcast called Mark the Shark MMA Show. And the our family uh, author business also has a YouTube channel, but it's just called Mark Retorto Author. Um, and my website for my podcast is called www.markthesharkmmashow.com. 
And both websites have a store where you can buy on on the Retorto Family book side. You you'll see if you go to the book section, you can see our books listed there, and you can buy our books. If you want hardcover copies, you can go to the store side, and you can get the hardcover copies of our books, which are only available on our website, not anywhere else. But you can also buy mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, t-hats, uh, and so forth. And the same thing on the Mark the Shark MMA show. I have a store there where you can get your own Mark the Shark hoodies, uh, Mark the Shark t-shirts. I even have crop shirts for women. Uh, eventually, I'll have a line of sneakers out there. Um, I have the Mark the Shark mug out there. And, you know, I, I also occasionally stream on Twitch.tv. And the name of that one is Mark the Shark as well. And that's pretty much it. But again, the main website, you know, for my book, you can get my book or my daughter's books is www.retortofamilybooks.com. And then my, again, my podcast website is www.marktheshark.com. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on the website or you can listen to it on iTunes iHeartRadio, it's even on Pandora, Radio Public, uh, pretty much anywhere, Google, you name it, it's there. And um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. that the path that you choose doesn't necessarily mean that's the path you're meant to go down so here we have a guy who is strong in MMA and has these wonderful skills of grappling but he found a way to bond closer to his family and a couple of his daughters through the art of creativity and it just shows that we are multi-layered as human beings that we don't have to drive down one lane to have that type of focus in our lives that we can be multifaceted the word says oh lord how manifold are your works in wisdom have you made them all the earth is full of your creatures the point of it all is we are meant to live life full and how you get there is tapping into the passions of your life. And that's what this gentleman keeps doing every single day he lives. Many thanks to Mark for his wonderful story, and you can catch all of what he's about in the show notes. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been... Revelations. For more on Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A, dot I-O, and all podcast directories. Music by Lakey Inspire.